I don't want to take long at all, um, just a few minutes, just to talk about some of the things that we talked about uh, last week. I want to remind us of some of the things that we talked about and just lay some foundational principles for us. So if you would get your Bible and go to Colossians, um, I want to read Colossians chapter 1. We're going to read verses 9 through 20 uh, this morning. I'm reading out of a New King James Version. And it says, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who, is qualified, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, my son, my 14, I told you a little bit about my 14-year-old son, Jensen, and uh, I think a week or two ago, he was uh, reading in Colossians, and um, so we were, I think I was driving him to the park. He likes to go to the park after uh, all of his morning routine. On the way to work, he wants me to take him to the park. So I was driving him to the park, and I asked him what he was studying in Colossians, and he came up with several things. That kind of, he got his little notebook out, he had it with him, and, and just went over a few things that had illuminated to him as he was reading the scriptures. And I, I pointed him back to the preeminence of Christ. Colossians, the book of Colossians really highlights the preeminence of Christ. We read in this passage two ways that he is preeminent, right? And, and um, by the way, we're, we're talking about Jesus first this morning. Jesus having preeminence, right? It talks about the fact that he is the firstborn over all of creation and that he is the firstborn of the, rea- of the resurrection, Amen. Jesus has preeminence in creation, and he has preeminence in the resurrection. And I, I say this often, but that, that points to this, that Jesus has a twofold claim on your life. You belong to Christ for two reasons. He has a right to claim you for two reasons. Number one, because he created you. And number two, because he has redeemed you with his own blood. 
Amen? His preeminence as creator and preeminence as the resurrection give him a twofold claim on our life. Amen? Jesus is the preeminent one. It pleased the Father that in, in him all fullness should dwell. Amen? He's preeminent in creation. He is pre, preeminent in, in our redemption and in, in, in the resurrection. Amen? Jesus first. Jesus first. We're, we're talking about first things first. We're in a series of messages called First Things First. Last week we talked about seek first, seeking first the kingdom of God. We, we looked at two, two meanings, biblical meanings of that word first, or, or, or I'm sorry, to seek. Uh, it, it means early. It means to dawn, one of those words, to seek God, to seek the Lord, to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. It means to seek early, right? First place, to, to literally, quite literally, to dawn, like as you're dawning, as you're waking up, you're seeking the Lord. We talked a little bit about that. And, and, and then we, we looked at how, how it means that, that we should give priority, right? Seeking God first, seeking his kingdom first is about giving him priority, first place, priority, okay? We talked about some things, and we're gonna, we're, I want to remind you of those things here in a minute, Bible reading, our prayer time, some of these things that we do, putting God first in our lives. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but I, I wanted to say this this morning. It's, it really has to be about giving Jesus first place, Jesus first, because if, if it's not all of our devotion, we're talking about prayer and fasting, and, and I'm getting all kinds of testimonies from people about how they're actually doing this. They're getting into their Bibles. They're doing devotionals. They're praying and fasting over this last week and how it's, it's touching their lives, how it's changing them, how it's transforming them. I'm hearing those testimonies. But I, I want to say this. If it's not centered in Christ, it's not going to be effective. If Christ doesn't have preeminence in these things, we're just getting into religious routines, right? It's about our relationship with Jesus. It has to have first place. I just want to highlight a couple of things. This passage talked about Jesus being the firstborn over all creation. I want you to understand that. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, right? The Word was God. It says, all things, in verse 3, were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In verse 10, it says, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. It's pointing to this fact that Jesus is creator. He has preeminence in all of creation. We know it's talking about Christ because in verse 14, it says, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word was active and involved. Christ was active and involved in creation. John, the gospel of John makes that very clear. Hebrews also talks about it, that, that in the last days God spoke to us by his son, but, uh, and he has appointed him to be heirs of all things, and through him also he made the worlds, right? Corinthians talks about it. There's one God, one Father, of whom are all things, and we for him and there's one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things are, are all things, and through him we live. Again, it, it's pointing to this fact that everything emanates from Christ. He is the creator. It comes from him, right? He's also, so that's, that's point number one, and I'm, I'm trying to be brief this morning. I, I know we've had a couple of uh, things that transpired, so I'm just trying to be brief. I'm giving you the highlights this morning. 
Um, so number one, he is the firstborn of creation. Number two, he is the, the, in, in creation, given preeminence, and he's the firstborn from the dead, number two. Revelation 1.5 talks about this, right? Confirming what, what we have, have read in the book of Colossians. So Jesus is first. It speaks of importance. It speaks of honor. It speaks of exaltation. Jesus is preeminent. But for us individually, yeah, he's, he's the first given preeminence in creation, given uh, preeminence in resurrection. But listen, if, if we don't give him first place in our lives, what does it mean? What does that mean to us? What, what do we lose? What, do we, what, what, what are we missing out on? Because we have not made Christ the Lord of our lives. We haven't given him that place of preeminence, right? We hear this all the time. Like uh, I, Jesus was my, how many of you have heard this? He was my savior, but I hadn't made him Lord, right? So people, they've come to an altar. They've given their life to the Lord. They've said the sinner's prayer. But listen, as much as we need Savior, we need him as Lord. We need to give him the preeminent place in our lives, to put Christ first. So in all of these things that we talked about last week, the prayer, and we're gonna, I want to highlight them real quick before we get out of here this morning. In all of these things, we have to, it has to be about putting Christ first in our life. Giving him that place of preeminence. In, in order for this to happen, you know what has to happen? Death. Sacrifice. Because we are the rulers of our own worlds. In our minds, we're calling the shots. We're living life unto ourselves, right? And I'm not just talking about heathens. As Christians, how often are, is, is Jesus up on the shelf and we're calling the shots, right? Yet he's a passenger in our car, but he's not the driver, right? I mean, how, how often are we living that way as Christians? Are we really submitted to the headship of Christ? Are we really under the lordship of Jesus. Have we really given him preeminence in our lives? Have we given him the first place? We have to die in order for this to happen. I want to go back to the scripture that we read last week, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Paul's desire, Paul's cry, we looked at this last week, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. How many of you want to know, the, I think all of us, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection? So we, we all want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection. We all want to know him in ascension, right? We want to know him in rapture. How many of you want to go to heaven? I think all of us do. Before we know Christ in resurrection, before we know Christ in ascension, you know where we have to meet him? We have to meet him in Gethsemane. We have to know Christ in Gethsemane. We have to know Christ in the cross. We have to know Christ in the tomb. We are buried with him. 
That's why the Apostle Paul in, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 20 says, that I, I, I no longer live. It is Christ who lives within me. The life that I live is by the faith of the Son of God. And it's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives within me. He reckoned himself, and he talks about this in, in, in Romans, he reckoned himself dead. He identified with Christ, as Romans 6 talks about, in, in, in Christ's death and burial so that he could experience resurrection, the newness of life. Right? In order, I, I believe this, in order for us to fully understand the life that Christ intends for us to live, we have to die. We have to die to self. Sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. If Christ is going to have first place in our lives, there has to be a sacrifice. And it's the old man. It's the mortification of the deeds of the flesh. It's the mortification of the works of our flesh. We put those things to death so that Christ can live through us. Right? So that the works of the Spirit can come forth in our life. Romans teaches this. We have to die to self. I said it last week. That the greatest fullness comes through sacrifice. Remember last Sunday at the end of our service, I asked the question, who, who is the most satisfied, the billionaire at the buffet or the man who's been on the 40-day fast and just got a piece of bread? The fullness of God is realized in our lives through sacrifice. Sacrificing of ourselves, laying our will down. All the comfort and all the things that we want to pursue in life, we're willing to sacrifice that. We're willing to set that aside. We're for willing to forego the Snickers and the Coca-Cola so that we can get away and fast and pray and focus on Jesus and he can satisfy our soul. So that's what we're talking about. I just wanted to give this reminder to you that all, the, all of our efforts, all of our commitment to the Lord, the preeminence of Christ is essential. The things that we're calling you to do, the things that we talked about, the things we committed to as a church last week to do, church attendance, right? Faithfully attending the house of the Lord, meeting with believers and studying the word of God together and edifying one another, encouraging each other, taking time out of your busy schedule. We committed to this last week, right? Who's with me? Anybody that would be honest enough to say, you know what, I've already messed it up. I've already slipped in some things. That I, you don't have to put your hand up. Here's my, here's my encouragement to you. Get back on the horse and go. You mess up this week, it's okay. Just get up. You know, in my Christian walk, I realize that often that my Bible study has slipped, my prayer time has slipped, whatever it is in my walk, I, I slip, right? What do I do? My response, as soon as I realize it, is to get back where I need to be. Just get back up. Just dust yourself up. Get back up on the horse. My grandpa used to say, my grandpa was an old cowpoke, and he used to say, no, you haven't really ridden a horse until you've gotten bucked off. So just dust yourself off. You fell off the horse. Just dust yourself off and get back on the horse. There's no guilt. There's no shame. We're not here to guilt trip anybody because they didn't read their Bible. You, you messed up on, you, you were fasting, and somebody brought your favorite pizza to the office, and you ate half of it. <laughs> You were at the homegoing service and there was mashed potatoes, gravy, green beans. Come on. It's not guilt tripping. When we mess up in our walk, get up. There's grace. 
There's mercy. Amen. His mercy's new every day. Get up and get going. Amen. When we obey God's voice and surrender into him, that which we hold most precious, when we give it up, God multiplies it back many, many times. I believe that. This is a promise from Jesus. He says, whatever you give up in this life for my kingdom's sake, you will get back multiplied. This is the promise of Jesus. You'll get it back multiplied, he says, in this life, and the life to come. Any believer that's been walking with Christ and knows what it is to sacrifice understands that God rewards, that it comes back over and over and over again in ways that you can't even imagine and comprehend. God is a good God. Amen? So I'm going to encourage you. Let, let, let's sacrifice. Amen? Give, give Jesus preeminence in all things. What, I, I just want to remind you, and we're done here, I want to remind you, what are we talking about? We, we made commitments. Let, let, let's pray. Let's fast. We're, and, I, and I've gotten questions. How, how does that work? I've gotten all kinds of questions. I'm going to teach on it here in a few weeks. All right? We're going to go in depth. If you've got questions, let me know. I'll try to point you in the direction. Let, let me just say this, though. If, if, you're, if, you're just, if you just stop eating food and Jesus isn't the preeminent one in that, you're just dieting. You're not fasting. It'll be agony with no reward, no, no return, no, no spiritual growth, no depth. The purpose of fasting is to set our focus on Jesus. It's to get us into his word, get us into a place where we can hear his voice. It's the purpose of fasting. Pray and fast. Make time every day to pray and to fast. Spend time in the word. Get in the Bible. I would encourage you, get, get some devotional books that are going to point you to Scripture. And when things begin to speak to you out of that, that point to the Word of God, get in the Word of God and read that and meditate on that and let it begin to change who you are. Amen. Get into the Word of God. Attend church faithfully. Make a commitment to be here for the next six weeks. COVID changed the American church. Not all of it's bad, but, but some of it is. I'm just going to stay home and watch the live stream. So I heard somebody say, is this like the perfect illustration right here? They say, it's like, how many of you have ever put the, at Christmas time, you put the Yule log on your TV screen? You get all of the appearance of a beautiful fire, but no heat. That's what watching the live stream is. And listen, if you're on vacation like Steve Manneke and you're in your suit on the beach, it's a great time to watch the live stream. <laughs> right? Things come up. You're sick in bed on a Sunday morning. Get, get the live stream up. Sure. But we need to gather together. The word of God talks about gathering with the saints. And what it does, Paul talks about being in the, or David, in, in the Psalms, he talks about being in the pit of despair, and he said, but then I remember the house of the Lord and going up with the people of God, and his soul was lifted. Right? Get to church. Every third or every fifth Sunday, isn't doing you what you need for spiritual growth. Get here every week. Amen? Get to church.
Give Christ preeminence. Give. Give. Give to your church. Give to your coworkers. Give to your family. Give to your neighbors. Give to the Gideons when you walk out the door today. Give. Sacrifice. Give Christ preeminence in your giving. Service. Mow somebody's yard. Bake them a cake. Give them a ride somewhere. Visit them in the hospital. Babysit their kids. Serve somebody. In all these things, put Christ first. Let Christ be at the center of all of this. Let Christ have preeminence. He is the preeminent one. We need to give him preeminence in our lives. Let's stand together. Everybody say, Jesus first. Jesus first. We have to die to self so Jesus can be first. How many of you want to know God? Sacrifice a meal. Let me tell you what a big part of fasting is about. You don't have to cook. You don't have to drive to the uh, drive through You can sit in your cubicle on your lunch break, get your Bible out, and use that 30 or 45 minutes and feast on Jesus. That's what fasting is really all about. Amen. I want to pray over you. If you don't know Jesus, I want you to come to the altar. We're here to minister to you. If you need to begin to walk with Christ, let today be the day. I'm going to dismiss, but when folks are leaving, if you need to know Christ, if you need a relationship with the Lord, you come forward. Amen. Father, I thank you for our church. I thank you for the people that are here. Lord, I thank you for our guests that are here today. Lord, bless these men. Bless Brother Edwin, Brother David. Uh, Bless them in their efforts, Lord God, in their nations, in their states, where they're at, Lord God. Bless them abundantly. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing in Nepal. We thank you for the testimonies of rapid growth in the church. Continue to multiply. Continue to increase. Bless Brother Cigar and his family, Lord God. Father, build every single believer that's in this room. May our walk with you be sweeter than ever, deeper than ever, more intimate than ever. Reveal yourself to us. Lord, I pray that as we get into the word of God, that your Holy Spirit would come and illuminate the truth of your word to us. May we understand, Lord God, in our minds and in our spirits, Lord God, what we're reading. May it bring us closer every day to Jesus. May his nature be revealed in us more and more every single day. Lord, I thank you for it and I give you praise for it. Favor us, bless us, Lord God, and allow us to be a people who are influencing everyone around us for your kingdom. We say kingdom first, Jesus first, in your name, amen.